0: Hello, my beautiful sisters, this is Ola Davis, and this is your, I like to think it's your, one of your favorite podcast shows, When Marriage Hurts. Welcome to another episode. This is episode number 54, I believe, episode number 54. And I'm calling this one, What to Expect When You Decide to Separate. What to expect when you decide to separate. Um, I know that for some of my listeners, you're still, you're at a stage where you're just, your eyes is just uh, being open to the fact that you've, um, you've indeed been abused by your spouse. That there's been eating abuse going on and that's the source of your confusion and hurt and pain but then there's also um those of us that have come to that realization and not only have we come to that realization but we have come to a place where we are like okay I don't know if I want to file for divorce I don't know if I'm ready for that big step yet um but I don't Think I can live like this anymore. I think I need to separate from my husband. Now, for those of you who are at that point that I just described, where you feel like for your own health, for your own well being, for your own sanity, you need physical distance away from your spouse, you want a separation. Um, This episode is particularly um, useful for you. Now, even for those who don't think they're at that point yet, I think you're still going to gain a a thing or two from listening to this episode. Because you you might not be able to fathom it or imagine it right now. But sooner or later, you may come to a point where you're like, I don't think I can live like this anymore. I I, I need to survive. I need to distance myself from the fire that's burning me, right? Yes, so what what to expect when you decide to separate? Um, I'm going to be sharing a little bit of my own experience. And also maybe... From the experiences of others, that um, that's not specific to me, because everybody's situation is always going to be different, right? But with with um covert abusers, with eating abusers, there's usually a common thread, which which I find very interesting because we're all created unique by God, right? But when it comes to abusers. It always seems like they are all reading from the same book there's um there are behaviors that you can bet your money on you can you can be very confident that they're gonna behave in a certain way. Yes, abusers can often be unpredictable, but in some other ways they are predictable so the first one I wanna share is. When you let your spouse know that you want to separate, you can expect some kind of shock. And how they are going to express it is going to be different. Now, some abusers are fond of threatening their victims like saying things like oh i i i don't know if i want to do this marriage anymore and they would say things like that to to threaten you to make you feel terrible about yourself to make you feel insecure to get some kind of compliance from you cuz they know that you probably don't want to be divorced right and um for those uh, now, my ex didn't used to say things like that, but I've heard from women who had uh, or who s- are still married to abusers that would say things like, I think I won out of this marriage. I don't think I love you anymore, blah, blah, blah. And of course, it would crush the wife, right? And send their wife into this depressive episode. But then the wife starts listening to a podcast like this one, starts plugging into some other resources online, starts reading some books, starts getting stronger, st- starts having more knowledge about abusive personalities and how how they act and all of that. And the abuser has no idea, right? But the abuser just notices that the victim is getting stronger, And then one day he comes and says, um, I don't think I want to deal with you anymore. I, 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 at this point, I don't know. I don't think I, I, I've never loved you. I think I want a divorce. And then the wife says something like, oh, sure. Let's, let's have a divorce. And that just shocks the abuser because they, they're expecting to get this kind of response where, that just cuts down the victim and sends them into depression for the next couple of weeks, right? They don't expect her to actually agree and say, well, yeah, let's divorce. And when they get that kind of response from the victim, it shocks them, it sends them into confusion, and they start wondering, is she seeing someone else? Because one thing you need to know about abusers is that they, they've... They try to make you believe that you're not worthy of love. They might not use those exact words, but that's that's the whole intent behind the abuse. They have to make you feel like you're unworthy of love to make you feel like no one would want you. To make you feel like they are being nice to you, just to keep you as a spouse, because you're basically trash, and no one else would want to have anything to do with you. So when they see you coming back strong that way, where they're threatening you with divorce or separation, and you say, "Sure, I'm, you know, I'm up for that." Let's, if that's what you want, let's get a divorce. It sh- shocks them. They don't know. It really troubles them. They don't know how to come back from that they start to suspect that maybe you're seeing someone else because they don't don't think you are strong enough to want to take the chance to get a divorce without having a backup spouse. Really. They've broken you down to a point where they believe that you don't... um, And sometimes this is their right, right? They break us down to a point where we just feel like... We can't survive without them, which is a big fat lie. Abusers are the ones who cannot survive without you. They need, it's something in psychology, psychological terms, they call it supply. The abuser needs constant supply. So, yeah, that's, I think I should park here for a little while. The abuser needs you more than you need him. When you hear that an abuser abandons their spouse to go be with someone else, it's not because they love the new person more than the the, the former spouse. It has nothing to do with love. It's all about supply. They need someone to constantly validate them, to constantly prop them up, to constantly make them feel like they are more valuable than they actually are. And when you give that to them over and over and over and you don't get anything in return, at some point you're going to burn out. And the abuser just tosses you aside. Now, when I say they toss you aside, it doesn't mean they separate from you or they divorce you. But... For all intents and purposes, they toss you aside and start to see someone else and start to cheat, basically. And it it has nothing to do with that person or whether whether that person is better than you or not. It just means that they are able to get supply from that person. And the moment they stop getting supply from that person, they're going to move on to another person. That's See, with abusers, their spouses are just like toilet paper. I know this sounds pretty terrible but it's the reality we are pretty much like toilet paper for them so as long as they can keep getting you know sheets of, of toilet paper from you they're going to make you feel like you're useful but as long as the toilet paper runs out oh my goodness this i think this is an excellent analogy and i just think of this on this i just thought of this on the spot so they'll keep using you like toilet paper just using you just taking 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 but as we know with toilet paper at some point there would be nothing left there will be no paper left or there will be very very thin layer of paper left on the i don't know what that thing's called like the thing in the center of your toilet paper like the brown cardboard yeah until until they get to the brown cardboard which at that point, you're just exhausted. You have nothing to give anymore because you haven't been getting anything back. You're exhausted. And when they use you up to that brown cardboard level, they just discard you. And they begin to say terrible things about you. They begin to say things like, you're worthless, you're not, I don't even know why I continue to stay with you. Nobody's going to, you know, wants you because you are this, you are that. And they say all that, hoping that you're going to think, oh, I just need to love him more. I just need to submit more. And you are desperately trying to produce more toilet paper for them to use. (laughs) But at some point, it's just impossible. You just can't do it, right? You just, like, there's no human being that could keep that up. So they discard you and go look for a big, you know, bountiful supply of new toilet paper. I know it's a pretty sad analogy, but that's, that's what abusers do. So when they start getting any sense from the victim that It looks like the victim doesn't care anymore or or that the victim isn't threatened by the kind of threats that the abuser typically issues they start to suspect that the 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 person is cheating or and they start to look for evidence of that so you might see weird behaviors like your husband suddenly coming home from work at unusual times or well this is for those that are like stay at home um spouses like if you if you stay if you're like if you are ah, why am i struggling to find words today like if you if you typically stay at home during the day or you walk from home or anything of sort and your husband usually comes home from work say around 5 p.m or something that's when you start seeing them showing up in the middle of the day around noon or one unexpectedly and they will say things like oh you know I just needed um they will just give you like a reasonable excuse of why they would come home in the middle of the day they might say something like oh I just I just thought I would come have lunch at home today and go back to work what they're really trying to do is to see to find some evidence that you're cheating. Maybe you're seeing a man while they're away from <laughs> while they're away from home. Or if you say if you if you say, Oh, I need to go to the store or something, they'll be like, Okay. And then a few minutes after you leave, they might follow you. They would just start because they really can't believe that you can be they don't believe that you can just call their bluff if you don't have another man lined up. That's that's how abusers think, really. They feel like you cannot just survive as a human being without them or some other kind of man. So you, you might see that kind of weird behavior in that kind of scenario. Another um, thing that you can expect... When you say you're the one that initiates it and you're like, you know what, I can't live like this anymore. Um, I I want us to be separated. I don't want to, I, I need space away from you. I don't want to live with you in the same house anymore or or maybe even an in-house separation. Like, you know, I think I, I'm going to just go live upstairs and you live downstairs or whatever the, whatever the case is. Another behavior you can expect from an abuser is that they suddenly turn themselves into the victim, right? And they start to project this falsehood that all they've ever done is love and care for you over the years. And this is how you choose to repay them. And they're going to say that to you. They're going to say that to other people. So, if you are, if you are still at a point where you really care what people think about you, honey, this can be very, you can find this to be very devastating. But I can tell you right now for free that an abuser would always change the narrative and they're so good with manipulation that they're going to manipulate bystanders too they're going to manipulate family members they're going to man- manipulate your friends they're going to manipulate people in church or even church leadership sometimes and make you how to be the villain make you how to be this ungrateful wife that's been that's doing their husband their wonderful godly husband this evil right So they will make you have to be the victim just so that they can get the sympathy of other people. And also, it's also a manipulative tactic to get other people to come after you. So they're going to get sympathizers that I like to call flying monkeys, really, that, (laughs) that come after you and spiritually abuse you and throw bible verses at you and say things like why are you doing this to your husband don't you love him anymore and you would think that when you try to explain to them that you're being abused by your spouse like these people would reason with you in most cases they don't they don't really they just make up their minds that you are just whining and you're being spoiled and you are being misled of the devil. I'm telling you, abuse is bad as abuse is in marriage. It's even the effect of abuse is compounded by spiritual abuse. Honestly, abuse in any form is bad in marriage. But I think that people that are unbelievers probably have an easier time dealing with this stuff than those of us in the church. Because when you put in the component of religion into abuse, it just becomes magnified like a thousand times. So they're going to say things that it's really going to hurt you. So at that time... You really need the support of people who truly understand. And only if you don't have, some of us are fortunate to have family members that are supportive or the very few that just happen to belong to churches that are trauma-informed and understand this kind of thing. But for the majority of us, we don't have that. We do not. Because we're married to abusers that that are so skillful that they've managed to manipulate and control our very own families of origin. They already have our parents and our siblings in their back pocket. So if you're in that kind of situation where you don't really have support, you don't have people who understand you, then it's very beneficial for you to, to already be in therapy to have the support of a therapist that understands and or have support of people that are going through what you're going through or people that have gone through what you're going through. And you can find them in online support groups. There are Facebook groups. Um, I belong to a couple of them, actually. Um, maybe I would um, link them to the show notes so it's very, even now that I'm out of the marriage and my divorce is final, I still stay in this online support groups. Cause ladies, I tell you, you never, you, you're not really, how do I put this? You get stronger and you're able to stand on your own two feet. But the support that you get from people that have gone through this thing, that have had similar experiences uh, with what you're experiencing that, you know, women that have gone through abuse, going through abuse or come out through the other side, the kind of support that you can get from that kind of community, I think is severely underrated. It really is. Even if you come from a supportive family, even if you belong to a church where everybody is just wonderful and they believe that you've been truly abused and they're trying to help you. And all of that is great, but I'm telling you, when you come into that community where you're with other sisters, other Christian sisters, especially that have experienced <laughs> what you're experiencing and they, they understand the nuances, the kind of um the benefits from that you get from being able to talk with people like that or just be in that group is very underrated it's very very helpful to your mental health okay so yeah they're gonna your abuser is gonna try and manipulate people around you and change the narrative and make themselves how to be the victim when you expect this, it's not going to upset you as much when it happens. It will still upset you, but not as much. But if you don't know this, and then it happens, it can be very devastating. When people make you out to be the villain, and they they think the abuser is the victim, but once you understand what I'm telling you, honestly, you the, you will just find the whole thing amusing at best and irritating. At the very worst. So you wouldn't be shocked or anything. Right? Um, another response that you could expect. Especially if you're married to someone like my ex who is very religious and prides himself in being a man of God. Or even if you're married to like someone who is a church leader or a deacon or a pastor. Another thing you can expect when you tell them that you want to be separated, is that they will try to manipulate you with spiritual visions and dreams. They will start to tell you things like, you know, this is not what God wants for us. Um, you can't, they will start to tell you, and this was my own personal experience. Now, So this is the part where I can actually share my own experience because I was married to a pastor. So he would tell me, Oh no, Jesus doesn't want us to separate. Um, actually, at first, he was, he just felt insulted. <laughs> because I'm telling you, with abusers, if you think you know pride and arrogance, when you're married to an abuser, pride and arrogance takes a whole new meaning. Like, it's like amplified to a whole different level. So this guy starts to tell me that it's, um, that I'm basically insulting him because he doesn't understand why I would request that we sleep in different bedrooms when he has access, when he has, um, I'm trying to remember the word he used. He he said something like, I still have, I still have authority. I think that was the word he used. I still have authority over your body. And ladies, I didn't even know how to respond to that crap because here we are. Our lives have been falling apart for the, you know, last two, three years. And I'm telling this guy that I could no longer share a bed with him and we need to sleep in separate bedrooms. And the first thing he's telling me about is sex. I could not believe it. This was someone that told me like, just two days prior that he didn't care whether I lived or died. And now he's telling me he has authority over my body. I just sat there and said nothing. Um, and then after that, when he saw that I wasn't gonna budge and I was kind of serious about this whole not sleeping in the same bedroom thing after a few days, he came back, um, and told me that, actually, let me back up a little bit. So a day, um, there came a day after we had been sleeping in separate bedrooms. There came a day where he, he was like, oh, he, like he woke up in the morning. And he starts doing this morning devotion thing where he's singing. Except this time around, he was unusually loud. Like he wanted me to know that he was praying to God that morning so he's singing so loudly and is is not only raising his voice but is singing like is singing praises to god like oh i'm in the spirit you know that kind of you know but at this point i could see through the deception i was just irritated by the fact that he was making such noise and i hope that our neighbors weren't gonna um Cause we lived in a house where we shared walls with our neighbors. So I was hoping that our neighbors weren't were going to like file a complaint or anything because it was obnoxiously loud and it was very early in the morning. So we're singing praises to God and it's like, oh, and you know, I'm just irritated by that. And then the next day he comes to me, he sends me a text actually He wasn't, we were both in the house, but he sent me a text and says that, oh, while he was praying that morning, God told him some things about himself that he needs to change for our marriage to be fixed. And God also revealed to the Holy Spirit. Yeah. The Holy Spirit also revealed to him some things that the Holy Spirit gave him a message for me. And ladies, I'm telling you, I know this kind of nonsense goes, you know, happens a lot in the church. But when someone tells you that the Holy Spirit gave them a message for you, it's fine to hear what they have to say. Just hear what they have to say and say, oh, okay, thank you. I'll pray over that. Never let anyone make you feel like they are God's appointed mouthpiece to you okay we are new testament believers you have the holy spirit of god on the inside of you if anybody feels that the holy spirit gave them a message for you that's all well and good but you don't have to accept it as truth until god confirms it to you okay and i know for some of us that's that's a really strange angle you know we've been a lot of us have been i've grown up in manipulative churches where When a person that is seen as more spiritual says, God said to tell you this, or God said you should do this, we're supposed to accept that and never question it. No, that's not what we're supposed to do as New Testament believers. So anyway, my ex comes to me, he sends me this text and says, oh, the Holy Spirit gave me a message for you. And I can't even remember what the message is now that he but. I can't remember the exact <laughs> content of that text, but whatever the message was, he said that. And I was like, oh, okay, thank you. Um, and if I may ask, what was the message that the Holy Spirit had for you? It was like, oh, you know, it was just like God wanted me to do, like, two or three things that I already started doing. And I was like, oh, okay, you know, could you share that with me? And it was like, oh, you wouldn't share that over the phone. Um, maybe he would tell me during the weekend. I was like, okay. And the whole time I'm just saddened and amused. Because when you think you've been married to this wonderful man of God for years, and God starts to open your eyes to see that you're basically married to a scam. (laughs) It was so enlightening and sad at the same time. So this is one of the things you can expect, my dear if you're married to um, an abuser who's also religious, they will start coming hard at you with the spiritual abuse. Start saying things like, well, this is what God told me about our situation. This is what God said you need to do. And they, they're going to have a message for you. They they might say things like, oh, God, God dealt with me and... You know, God really chastised me over this and that, and God wants me to do. Ladies, it's a bunch of baloney. They want you to believe they are in tune with God. But if they were really in tune with God, they would stop abusing you. They would not only stop abusing you, they would take accountability for their actions. They would not try to shift blame. They would not try to say things like, oh, God wants me to lead more in the marriage. I failed as a leader. God wants me to be a better leader. And he wants you to be uh, 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 more submissive as the wife. No, that's not from God. (laughs) That's just someone who's trying to manipulate you spiritually. So I think this, this last tip of what you can expect, I think this one is very much important because, you know, as the smart ladies that we are, um, there, there are some forms of manipulation that's not going to work with us, but when it's spiritual manipulation, we tend to be swept off of our feet because we don't recognize it for what it is. Um, so I'm gonna, I think I'm gonna stop today's episode here. Um, so I've described like three different ways, things that, or should I say three different kind of responses that you can expect when you let your abuser know that you want physical distancing, you want a separation. Um, yeah, it's so, I feel so very fortunate to... Um, be in this position where I get to have I get to share my experience with you I get to share some knowledge with you um it's you know it's kind of sad that uh we've come into each other's lives under such circumstances um but I want you to know that I pray for you I pray for every single listener I pray for you and even though we might have different outcomes with our abusive marriages, my prayer for you is that any kind of damage that your marriage has done to you over the years, that you would heal from that, that God would um, help clear the confusion of what's going on in your marriages and that you would have you would have a a a, a clear direction on what to do that you will begin to see what god what path god wants you to walk in you know because we tend to be obsessed with how do i fix my marriage how do i fix my marriage but god has not called us to fix our marriages you know, God has only called us to walk together with a spouse to build a, a life that glorifies him. And if you're married to someone who's not interested in that, who would rather abuse and maltreat you. You know, you just can't, you can't build a marriage by yourself, unfortunately. So my prayer for you is that through the pain and the confusion That you're able to see what God's path is for you. Not what other people say God's path is for you. But what you yourself can see clearly as this is what God wants me to do right now. That's my prayer for each and every one of you. So if this episode has helped you or any other episode that you've listened to. Please reach out to me on social media. I always love hearing from you. It encourages me to keep on with the podcast, to keep on doing what I'm doing. Um, on Instagram, the handle is at When Marriage hurts. and on Facebook, we also have a private Facebook group, group. Facebook group that at When Marriage Hurts. You can send your message anonymously. Or you can post publicly on the page. Whatever you feel most comfortable with. Okay? Yeah, and until the next time that we meet on the podcast, I want you to know that God loves you very much. God is with you even in the deepest valleys. And he would never leave you nor forsake you. Have a wonderful week ahead.